So today on Vulnerable, we have Cleo Thomas. You know him as Zero from Holes. However, he is so much more than just an actor. He is a Twitch host, a host in his own right, a singer, a rap artist. He's many things. And today we're going to talk about how he has just learned how to mentor and be such an amazing human being through it all and learned all about gatekeeping and how not to get deterred from achieving your dreams. I'm Christy Carlson Romano, and this is The Vulnerable Podcast. So yeah, just decided to like pivot once again with doing a podcast. Last time Cleo and I hung out, it was for snacks and reacts. Snacks and reacts, which I loved, by the way. I loved Aww, it. you did a great job. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. And honestly, Cleo, like, I don't think people understand. Like, we were just talking a bit before about being creators, but having grown up the way that we grew up and kind of had, like, a traditional production background, mm-hmm. which kudos to your background right now. We're getting to see each other <laughs> and film it. Yeah. This man is always ready to shoot. Yeah. I've got harsh lighting, but I'm learning. And, and and he just gave me some tips. And honestly, like you you give people tips, right? Yeah. Like you're doing creator tips on your YouTube and stuff. All the time. Yeah, man. It's very important. I, I agree with you. Like us coming from the more traditional production world. And then all of a sudden, you know, I, I, tell, I talk about this all the time when I tell people like me and you come from like the very last era of golden Hollywood <laughs> rules, the very last era. And then overnight, <laughs> everything that? changed. And with social media, when the YouTubers uh-huh. and Viners, everything took off, it changed the dynamic. And then it was on us as, you know, growing up in the industry where we were we were told to kind of only give our craft and our talent to when someone else calls action. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the world has changed. And you, if you didn't adapt, you were left behind. I was very early on in the train of catching on to be like, hey, I should be investing in myself. I should be investing in, you know, the editing software for this, this microphone, this camera, because I can go shoot this stuff now by myself. We didn't have the technology then, but we got it now. Yeah. I mean, I think you've called them gatekeepers, yeah. essentially, like especially in the music business, which we should definitely get into. So let's let's go back. OK, because okay. everybody knows Cleo as zero from holes. Another co-star propping up our boy Shia. And yeah, I mean, side note here. Let's just like talk about the elephant in the room, but not to full detail here. For sure. But like, are you in touch with Shia? I'm not. I'm not. I've I've done a whole YouTube video about it. When was the last time you saw him? The last time I saw Shia was at the premiere of, I want to say it was the golf movie that he did. Yes. Oh my God. That me. One of, I think that might have been, if not the last time I saw him. Yeah. One of the last, for I sure. Think I think I saw the... him out at a club. I think I saw him out at a club at one point. <laughs> when I was doing, was when weird. I was doing uh, Walking Tall in Vancouver, he was shooting uh-huh. iRobot with Will then. So we, you know, we okay. had did holes, then we, we both ended up in Vancouver, so we hung out that summer. And then okay. I was shooting ER. And we were both on the same Warner Brothers lot. He was down two studios shooting Constantine. So like three projects wow. back to back, we were running into each other mid-work. And the last time I think I saw him was at the premiere, yeah. So did you see, because like honestly, from Holes to I, Constantine, I feel like I could still see very much like Shia to me, who Shia was. Yeah. And that Shia 1.0 kind of like still using his humor and his charm and like all that stuff. He wasn't quite like the artiste Shia that everybody kind of knows him as, which by the way, he really is very artistic. Yeah. And I never would have thought that would have been the road he would have gone down. You know what I mean? Like I could definitely see him being the leading man, but like the how far into the drama he's gone, like I never would have thought yeah. that was him. But like when you saw him from the time you worked with him in Holes to I Constantine, what was that? I am just curious and we don't have to keep going into it. No, but. for sure. For, for me, what like working with Shia, I, I was nothing but a sponge. I, you know, we share so many scenes together. Until this day, you know, you look at the relationship between Stanley Onets and Hector Zeroni, like people love that friendship and that dynamic duo aspect mm-hmm. of it. So for yeah. it to be my first major motion picture film and to be alongside him, which is, you know, he, he was at a point where they were getting ready to put the jet pack on them. You know what I mean? Like from there, it was it was like, all right, we got this deal and this deal and this thing next. Like it was already lined yeah. up for him to go. And I think yeah, that's a yeah. lot of people who, you know, people who don't know our business or our game, they don't understand that. Like a lot of this stuff is very plotted out very thoroughly. Oh, Cleo. And let's just talk about the fact that 
There are people who have things plotted out for them, okay? Yes. And then there's people who don't get that privilege. Oh, yes. <laughs> exactly. And now this is this is not to insult him because it was life or death for him for sure. Yeah. I mean, he felt that way it was and it, it was his calling from it was his birthright to be famous, really. Yeah. Or infamous, I don't know what you want to call it, but like he's out there and he's doing his thing. Right. Now, I feel like there's a lot of talented people out there as well. But they don't get that management, that agenting, that that prop up. I mean, can you speak to that in terms of like how you then went and took that moment of saying, well, no one's going to do it for me. Yeah. And I'm going to I'm going to start investing in myself. What was that like? It was for me, it was understanding that no matter what I did in that room, as far as auditioning for a role, there was always going to be multiple variables to whether I would get the role or not. I was never like offered anything ever straight out. I always had to audition. Right. And when I got to the place of understanding really my our business, what goes into it, and understanding I could go in there and give 100% of myself, which I'm going to do every single time. I'm a professional. I'm going to be here for it. But there's so many variables going on on the other side of that door. So True. I wanted to take the time and figure out how I could take more control and be in power for myself. What mm-hmm. what could Cleo Thomas make of himself in this world? Not with someone giving me the prop up or the jetpack or opening the door. I've already had the spotlight, so I'm just going to use and take advantage of the spotlight I've been given and continue to build from there. And it's been a really incredible journey for myself, man. I, I, I'll tip my hat to myself because I can look at some of my peers yeah. who have not been able to cross that bridge yet. They're figuring it out. Okay. But it was something yeah. for me. I was like, I'm not going to sit around and starve. I'm sorry. I can't sit around waiting for the next audition to book a role. I can't. I got to get to it. Yo, Cleo, I want to talk about that more because it, it, I've only just at, and by the way, I'm 38. Like, let's be real. I'm on the other side of what it means to be female and in this industry, right. which is fine. Okay. I'm okay with it. I'm also like getting into that like mindset of like they're like what you, where you've been at for a while. I also have the privilege of having a producing partner mm-hmm. who happens to be my husband. So what that means for me, right? is that I don't get commissions taken out of my team. Mm. I have everything coming in and it's still mom and pop, right? Yeah. But like, there's a reason why it's mom and pop. It's because I'm not hemorrhaging money because I'm, I'm I'm delegating responsibilities to other people. It's like all family yeah. and it's all love that way. But like, I was 38 when I realized that this wasn't going to happen unless I figured out a way to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and I had somebody to help me. So when I look at people like yourself, I mean, who inspired you to, 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 to just do this? And like, was it the music that started you on your own path? It wasn't the music, you know, because I, I had a very interesting journey with music. Okay. For me to break out, have my breakout role also be tied to the, the song that, you know, helped promote the film. People were introduced yeah. to Cleo Thomas Zero as not only the actor, but also an, a rapper, an artist. So yeah. I go do Roll Bounce after that. Great movie. If you haven't seen Roll Bounce, I actually really want to see it. I haven't seen it in a minute. I want to say that I went to a screening of it or something, yeah, and I love that movie. That was a fun, awesome movie. And by the way, Bow Wow was great. Like, he he should have been given more roles. And that's another thing. Like, yo, it's a part of our run. But <laughs> so, like, the cast of Roll Bounce is so legendary stacked. Like, it's considered a yeah. Black Hollywood classic film just because of the cast. It should be. And then yes. Bow, for sure, and I'll always tip my hat to him because he showed out. They would have never thought that young, you know, young black man to be a rapper and, get, and have such an intense emotional scene with his father. I'll never forget yes. being at that premiere and it got to that part and I and I hear it. I hear the sobs. I hear the, I can hear the breathing. I'm like, oh, this hit. He did it. He, he did a hell of a performance. And, you know, right. he went on to be a part of the Fast and Furious franchise. Of course, he had the, right. uh, the CSI with Patricia Arquette, who was also in Hole. Right. So I was like, oh, dope connection. Yeah, man, for music for me, for Bow to take me underneath his wing, great. And then I worked right. with Soldier Boy as well. And I worked with Sean Kingston as well. So I was always around hip hop and, you know, figuring out how to make my own way. And then I finally took control of it. And I did. And then I realized there's more gatekeepers and so much more politics to the music industry than there is even to what we've already dealt with when I was 13 to 16. I was like, no way. It's dirty. It is so dirty. I made a whole YouTube walk and talk vlog about this, okay? You can see it about Katy Perry. People got heated when I did this vlog, okay? I did this vlog 
about how like Katy Perry took my record deal. Now, did I mean that? No, I didn't mean she took what was mine. Yeah. She obviously is an amazing, epically talented human being who deserves a record deal. And she was in the demo business. Like she was with the Matrix and she was writing songs and she was just a demo singer and she was struggling. Like she was ready to go. Yeah. Like, you know how they only have so many deals that they can give out at a certain point in time. And so I just happened to be the female act in the running of that situation. That's why it was topical for me to talk like that. But let me tell you, the rest of that vlog was dogging how bad my experience was with the men in the industry yeah. and how they were hitting on me and how putting me in really weird situations and conversations during, you know, like business chats. And so I can only imagine that it might not have been that for you, but it was probably another version of like, gray professionalism for sure i mean how is it for sure for me i was just constantly belittled i was constantly like oh you want to be the the actor turn rapper but meanwhile i was actually doing it yeah like with the greats the business hadn't caught up yet like I, I remember going to houston one time i went to a radio station down there and fans showed up at the radio station now I'm understanding how important that is. That's a very valid thing for me to walk in here, meet you, meet the radio PD for the first time. Pleasure right. to meet you as the single. I did the whole radio run, you know, independently. I did it all. And turns out they did not like that. They felt that that was a little off. And there was like, ah, you know, we just seem like it doesn't, you know, we're, we're not really interested in someone having fans at that scale to push their record. If you got it like that, you got it. They shrugged me off. And I was like, that seems kind of backwards, don't it? Yes. So, and, and that's yes. just one instance of what I've had to deal with. But, you know, it's a part of our game. No, and gatekeepers are people in the entertainment industry that essentially could, I guess they could choose to make your career, I guess. Like, I, I almost want to kind of unpack yeah. what a gatekeeper is. Because to me, the face of the gatekeeper for me is casting directors. Hmm. Like, I have some issues now that I probably should talk to people about with casting directors, because I actually really like the people that I've met. I have lots of friends who are casting directors. I've had really good experiences outside of the audition process right. with casting people. People, because they are people. people. But when they become the casting person is when I have a problem and I have a really hard time sort of like embracing what it is they have to do. Yeah. And so like, I get it, but I don't like it. I got to be honest. It feels almost like human trafficking for, to me sometimes. Because mm. it's like, well, this person, that person, I don't care about the person. Just uh, show up for me and do my job and make it easy. And that's like that what they say in like casting workshops. It's like, yeah, I want to make a pleasant experience for the actors. But really, I just want to find the right person. So come in and make my job easy. Right. Have you, have you heard that too? Like where it's like, that's what they want? I haven't heard that before, but I could understand the mindset of a casting director having, you know, there's casting directors who've been doing this for years. How many scenes have they heard? And <laughs> thousands. How thousands many same deliveries of a like it's I know. that's the other aspect of our business where it's like a variable. Yeah. There's another variable yeah. there that somehow like it's not about your performance at all times. It's really not. It's sometimes it's about like, hey, this is the motive that we're talking about this week. This is the agenda that's getting pushed at this time. This is the look right. that's going for right now. That's right. Hey, me and so-and-so did a project back in the day, and it's time for me to look at. You have no yeah. idea about that walking in the room, and you shouldn't. But it's, it's unfair for me not to give that to the world so that, you know, the next actor, the next actress can be aware. Don't let it, don't let it hinder you, but just be aware it's not you. All you can do is go in there and shoot. Cleo, you're the best. You're making me feel so good about that process because it was a little traumatizing. I guess I have a little trauma from it. I get it. I'll be okay. I'll be okay. And like, I love to hear you talk like that because you're doing all the things, okay? So obviously like you had this amazing like journey with music. Did you fall out of love with it? Like, did you decide with the gatekeepers? You're like, I'm. you said you wanted to just be independent at a certain point. What was that like? Yeah, I, I just bet on myself. I just got tired of the the runarounds. I got tired of the broken promises as far and then dealing with producers okay. and all this. I was like, that's it. And I had looked yeah. at the internet and I realized what was coming. After the success of what Soldier Boy was able to do with YouTube, I'm like, okay, things have changed. What year was this? Oh, when I really put, went all the way in, it's 2009, 2010. Okay. And you weren't acting anymore? No, I was still acting. I was, like... I was doing both. Okay. I was doing both. Okay. And I had the opportunity to, you know, drop a mixtape. It did a million downloads in the first month, which, you know, caught Soldier Boy's attention. And he was like, yo, 
come over and rock with me for a minute. And I did. We had a great right. run. Uh, ultimately, I didn't like the, the dynamic of that. So I just said, all right, all me, let's go. And I figured it out. You know, we was able to bring two great records out, like Ride and Five on it. And those records put me in a position to where I could feel the success in the newer age of music. Because back in the day, it was about, you know, the platinum records and the radio smashes. And that's all great. Every artist wants that. Or so they said they wanted. But now there's so many artists talking about, like, these platinum plaques ain't worth nothing because I ain't get because they deals was crazy. But that's a whole other thing on the day. <laughs> I got the opportunity to tour, which is all I ever really wanted. Because when I saw, when I got a chance to be shoulder to shoulder with Bow on Scream Tour and we're in arenas and there's 32,000 people screaming your name and having that energy, I'm like, how do I replicate right. that? So when I put out my records and I got a chance to tour and I heard Five on it and ride those lyrics scream back to me, I was like, I'm good. I accomplished it. That's all I needed. Now I can go back and figure out whatever my next step is in life to do. Man, not bad for a guy from Alaska. Yeah, Anchorage, Alaska, man. One of the, one of the very few. <laughs> Out of the very few. How the heck did you get out of, of Alaska? What was that like growing up in Alaska? So I wasn't there long. My dad was okay. in the military. Okay. I'm a military brat. So I, I think we ended up leaving when I was like one or two. And then we ended up in Germany. Okay. And then my brother was born there. And then at, after Germany, we back to the States. And then my dad said, I'm done with the military. And then we just, uh -huh. that was it. That was yeah, it. So I haven't been home. I haven't been home. People from Alaska tweet me all the time. Like, you got to come. I'm like, I got to come visit the home at least once. <laughs> one is very young, but you know, it would be cool. It would be cool to see you perform in Alaska. Nah, no more performances. No more microphones. Nah, 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 nah. Hold I on. Hung that up. I hung that up. I'm telling you. But wait, and, can we, and speaking of performing and hip hop and chains, can we talk about your chain right now? Yeah. Cleo has graciously worn this amazing chain in my honor. It has, I can see Draken, KP, Shigo, yeah. and Ron. What? Oh my gosh, guys, this is an amazing chain. Where'd you get that, Cleo? So there is a jewelry designer named Christopher Kites, good friend of mine, and he's been making all of this great jewelry for years. He's from Chicago and he makes releases like every, like they're very rare. Like he's not like always loading up his site. And as soon as I saw uh -huh. that one, I was like, cop. But the, my goal Wait. is to give this to you when I see you. Yeah, this has to Thank be yours. You. This is only for yours. My heart. Yeah. You are so sweet. This is for oh you, my for gosh. Sure. I'm like, so are you a KP fan then? Come on now. Come on. Who's not? <laughs> Who's not a KP fan? Come on, man. Yes, What's... I know. Well, apparently Disney's not a KP fan because we want to get him to reboot it. We got Proud Family got season two now. You know that's Let's coming. Get KP you know that's coming. I mean, speaking of gatekeeping and not knowing necessarily like what those fans mean like what you were talking about outside the studio it's like our fans have been present they brought us back for a fourth season and then you know they all grew up right but then the nostalgia wave started to hit us all of us like millennials are you you're a millennial right yeah i'm 32. yeah 32. oh yeah okay 32. so i'm an elder millennial so that's why I, I, for some reason i think that you have to be like my age to be a millennial but i'm actually on the older side <laughs> but you know like these millennials we started to catch like these feelings about our, our upbringings. And I feel like I've seen you kind of lean into that with this amazing cosplay yeah. that if you haven't seen him do this, yeah. I haven't seen a better cosplay to be perfectly honest. Like if they ever do some sort of live action, goofy movie, you need to be power line. You know, it's one of those things where, because me, I can speak to you because we know our business, right? <laughs> we know our business. So we know yeah. that if there was ever a live action one, uh, I'm not getting that call because I feel, <laughs> I feel personally what I did was just to, like, they're like, nah, nah, we're, we're going to have to now top that. We can't have the same guy come and do it over here. We'll just top That's that. That's good source material. Bingo. That's source material. That's exactly uh -huh. how it goes. But it's so crazy to think it's like, you know, the people who just get a chance to view what we create, right? Just the person right, who's just right. watching or just listening. They have no idea about those things. So like in their brains, they're like, oh no, that's Powerline. When they do the Goofy movie, he's Powerline. Right. Nah, that's not how it works. Yeah, that's not how the industry works. <laughs> that's not how it works. You... Oh my God, it's so true, man. So why make content at all then? Because I get the chance to be creative and free at all times. I don't have to, again, coming from my childhood, just like you, I had to wait my turn to be told an action and cut. That was all my childhood. And then when I realized I don't have to wait on anybody, to feel creative, feel empowered, give something to the world, do something cool that I've always wanted to do, I'm all the way in. 
And I've loved it, right. man. I've had the opportunity to do some really great stuff. And I'm really excited for the future, these things we got planned. And yeah, that's why, because I love doing it. All right. So we've got some role models, some, would you say, mentors along the way. Do you feel like that's brought you to the point where you're sort of making content to sort of mentor people, whether it's through the gaming world or through making content? Do you think mentorship is super important for like young creators and young artists? A hundred percent. And I'll tell you a story. It just happened to me two weeks ago. I'm at a screening and there's two young actors and who just booked something, booked something big and their the deadline thing is already out. And both of them ended up walking toward, they're both with their friend and they both ended up walking toward me at the same time. And I was by myself. And the conversation just naturally went to a space of them asking me questions. And it hit me at that moment that I was like, oh, I'm the OG. Oh, so I can <laughs> oh, share. Man. Oh, it was a mind blowing experience. But I love the fact that they saw something because they're not sure. This is their first run. They know things are about to change. How does this work? What should I do? And I was like, yo. So I just started giving them the game and talking about, hey, you know, I'm not telling you what you what you should do. I'm telling you what you could possibly do. You maybe want to try this. You should look into this. And for instance, you know, one of them, you know, big, big spotlight on them right now. I told them, I said, look, in this time, in this time you got right now, use that right. social media to your advantage. Because while the show is running, one season, two season, three seasons, as soon as those three or two are out, you're back looking for your next role. Right. That's how this goes. Right. Don't think you're safe here. You're not. So in the midst of it all, please keep in mind that you need to figure out how to build your name with the jetpack they've given you. And he was like, huh? Mm, I love the way you say it's a jetpack. Now I'll tell you this, like I've actually really kind of put myself out there to mentor uh, whoever, you know what I mean? Cause like, I think like over time I've realized that like there needs to be advocates for young talent and young actors and there needs to be some safe places. There's been talk from Allison Stoner to create modules. I mean, there, there's conversations being had right now where like-minded people who just want safe spaces for young people are coming together. Yeah. And I'll tell you, it's funny how, how certain energies get weeded out from the pack and I won't name names, but like they'll be the people that you know are there for the right reasons. And then they're, they're, there's other people that are a part of the mentorship conversation that get weeded out because their traumas, okay, mm. are too great and too unresolved. Mm. And what they're looking to get from that experience is more self-validation than it is to give a piece of themselves to the future mm. of the art and the craft. Because sometimes, even if we're at the point where we're like, look, like we're putting the mic down or we're moving behind the camera or we're doing our own thing, we don't need to feel like we have to wait mm. anymore. And that's a whole different energy. Like we said, that's empowering. You know, these young people, it's scary. To, to it's, it's triggering in some ways to like see those kids. I don't know, I, I feel like you had a really positive experience and I'm not saying I had a bad one, but it, it does tend to bring stuff up, right? Yeah. Like when you see them and you're like, no, 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 come to me. Yeah. So like what's been sometimes sad about stuff for me is when I offer myself to some young people and they don't choose to take me up on it. So I have to remind myself like, look, like there's no reason why they should come to me. There's no reason why they have to come to me. Yeah. It's my privilege to be able to give mentorship to somebody if they wanna come to me. Right. And so it's not about like, no, come to me because I know everything. Right. It's also our privilege to be able to do that for people too. Absolutely, because you could you could choose, you could absolutely choose to just be a closed off wall. Like I don't want nothing to do with what y'all got going over there. Good luck. You know, you could take that road. You could, but it's something about what we've experienced, what we've seen, that to be able to give back to the next generation so that they could operate properly, they could figure out the loopholes, they could figure out how to sidestep any walls coming. Because that's all a part of our business. There's so many variables and so many factors. Well, and you know what else? When you get caught up in the system of all of it, and then you get the traumas along the way that, that kind of distract you, what you don't get from the influence that these kids are having, even, like, I'd say 100 times more than what we had um, in the moments, you know what I mean? It's like they get it so fast. So, for example, if Stand With Ukraine is trending they're gonna have to stand with Ukraine that week. Mm -hmm. 
but did they even know where Ukraine is on a map? Do they even know what's going on? Like, do they know the name of the president that's, you know, fighting beside everybody? Like, they're given the platforms and they're so nervous not to stand for anything, mm -hmm. but they can't stand for anything if they don't take the time to do it. So what I like about the kind of role of mentorship is that, especially from people like us, it could be helpful to kind of free them from the stress yeah. of pumping out content yeah. and still holding back a little bit and saying, okay, yes, my value is X. Yes, my influence is Y. But what do I really feel? And like, like how can I actually give back? You know, because if, if all we can do is mentor them not to like go be distracted. Right. What I would hope they could have is like a genuine like perspective on the world that's mm. positive you know what i mean yeah because let me tell you i don't think that the art form is changing anyone's minds on world peace i don't know how you feel about it the world has never been at peace that's the craziest part about all this that the world has never been at peace there has always been some kind of conflict going on somewhere in the world but we as you know as citizens we're never aware of it until it's on blasted through our actual news outlets because it's affecting us but there's the world has never been at peace there's always something going on and mm. you know to speak to the to the younger generation with the social media platforms with a billion eyeballs on them i can understand how they're not sure how to operate in that world because brand a through brand z is looking at me looking at me to be just this guy or this girl Oof. so it's a different it's a different speed it is yeah and in some ways it really hasn't changed. I mean, did you want to keep working like with Disney per se? Was that ever something that you thought maybe you would do? Because like you came at it from the feature side with Holes. Yeah. I mean, did you do any Disney Channel stuff? I don't think you did. No. So my story is so funny because like when I when I hear Disney Kid, right, my ears perk up a little bit because yeah. I, I feel like, oh, I'm included in that? Because yeah. the reason I say it like that is because before Holes, there was nothing was on my resume that was Disney, nothing. I came from doing guest spots on TV shows. I did a film called Friday After Next with Ice Cube and Mike Epps. A little film. <laughs> and then Holes Hit. And I did a Disney Channel original movie after that called Going to the Mat. Oh, there you go. Yeah. With Lawrence. So those are, the, those are right? the two. With Maddie Lawrence? Yes, of course. With the Lawrence. Yeah, it's the Lawrence's. The Lawrence brothers, the OGs. I ain't seen Andy. I can't wait to run, in, to run into him. I can give you his number for real. I'm going to give you his number. I would because love I to guarantee contact. he would love to work with you. He would game with you. Oh, you got to. You got to reach out to him. I would He's love best. to reach out to Andy, man. Okay, okay. So I didn't even come in doing what I would think is, is brand friendly for what Disney is. When you do, gotcha. you have holes short, and you got to think about what the character Zero was. He's choking people. Uh -huh. He's hitting people with shovels. He's picking up yeah. uh, pool ball. He was a little gangster in his own right. He was. <laughs> but then I did a film called Badass, which was the story of Melvin Van Peebles being one of the first black independent film directors. And I played his son, Mario, and Mario in real life played his father, Melvin. And that was a very telling, ripping the curtain away of Hollywood kind of okay. film it was not it was not for the faint hearted it definitely wasn't friendly to that side that right after that i got a chance to do a film called walking tall with the rock which was uh -huh. another different scale of like that's not within this space that's not within right. the space so i i never considered myself a disney kid because i only had those two but i was a disney fan before anything till this day i am a disney head like, I love Disneyland. I love Disney World. I love Marvel. No, I love Star Wars. I'm a Disney that crazy? Kid. So you and me are Disney adults. That's what they call We're us. We're Disney adults. Okay. It, it's a whole trend. It's at least on my FYP. I'm surprised if it's not yours. Because I love Disneyland, Disney World. I love the festivals. Because it, it's us. It's in our blood. Yeah. I mean, it's like, but... <laughs> Come on, I, I need that. I need that. <laughs> I need that on my, my mantle. There's I need that. There's a limited edition. I've got some stuff. My mom, you know, she was such a hoarder, is such a hoarder, but she saved a lot of stuff. And she told me, she's like, one of these days, you're going to be happy I, I saved. Shout out to moms. They were right. <laughs> I'm telling you, they were right. My mom's got everything. That's awesome. So yeah. So like, what's your family life like? You have siblings? Yes. I never really, let's get to know each yeah, other. Yeah. I'm the oldest of my siblings. I have two little brothers and one little sister. 
Okay. None of them followed the steps of being like their big brother. None of them wanted to be in front of the camera or anything like that. My brother, Kadeem, has been a tech genius our entire lives. He's running now production on a lot of virtual shows, so I'm very happy and excited for him for that. That's cool. Yeah, the baby brother is getting more into music, but also into production as well. So okay. I love the VEC. So like now when I'm shooting stuff, I got someone to offload, like you said, keep it within the family. So I can just yes. offload the content I've shot, boom, boom, boom. It's back to me in 30 minutes and it's done. There you go. No attitudes. And then my baby sister is an artist. I have some of her paintings in my house and uh, she's putting out a comic book coming up this year. She's amazing. See, so, but I think it's like, we're all so consumed with branding. And, and by the way, it's a beautiful thing. Like it's a whole marketplace. It's a whole economy to be able to utilize. You know what I mean? Like, it's wonderful. I don't know how great the concept of like, the capitalism and like the whole political side of all this like free market crazy sponsorship stuff is and where it's going to end yeah. up because it's 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 macro influencers it's micro influencers it's on every single level is the hype the hustle the brand the grind of constantly putting out content mm -hmm. constantly you know what i mean and in some ways it's like all of us are concerned with branding all of us on some level is concerned with being insta famous mm. we're curating every picture that we take with our with anybody that we take a picture mm. with because we want it to look good. right versus like when you think about like when i look at pictures even with shia i have a picture with shia when we went to universal studios when we were like we just shot the pilot or i think we just i just moved to la and they were like whining and dining us and like they sent us to like universal and he was like flipping the bird like to like the universal sign because we were like Disney kids. And like, I have all these like crazy outtake <laughs> pictures, but like you would never take pictures like that. You know, like there's so many things you see that what's even crazier is that people are trying to capture that aesthetic now. Like they're trying to buy those, those instant cameras. Yep. They're trying to capture the essence yeah. of authenticity not even true authenticity but they're like performative yeah. authenticity yeah. of like the 90s and 2000s which is which is crazy <laughs> which is crazy but what i was trying to say i guess in a roundabout way because that's who i am <laughs> and i love that you're cool with yes. that so thank you cleo it makes me really 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 love talking Whoa. to you <laughs> is that you know you've got your whole siblings like I gotta, I gotta assume that they they were supportive of you because sometimes it doesn't work out like that, and sometimes being a young actor can kind of put a wedge in your in your family dynamic. Yeah, I got lucky. I got lucky. I got really lucky because I got a chance to see several you know child actors and what comes with that, and yeah. an empowerment level of like I'm I'm paying the bills, blah blah blah. Yeah. It's hard to watch it, that, oh, by the way. I knew not to try it. I wasn't even going in that direction. Like, like my, <laughs> you know, Pop's military life, you know what I mean? It's yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, yeah. no, ma'am. I was raised that way. I wasn't, like, that's there no matter what. Yeah. Like, I wasn't stressing my dad. I was stressing my mom. If my mom went left on me, I knew I was, I knew I was going to go, like, no, I'm not disappointing moms. <laughs> my mom's was the one who was, like, the authority figure for me. And she did a great, yeah. what I love about my parents, and I'll always give them the credit for this, is they didn't lie to me. They didn't cover anything up. They said, look, Stop. this life that you were used to is about to change. So here's what we're going to do. Just know that the stakes are higher now. They kept it mm -hmm. all the way 100 with me. And I'm grateful for the fact that I look at some other actors, even people right now who moved to Los Angeles to chase a dream. My family has been here. My foundation has always been with me. Every step of the way, every mm -hmm. film I've done, my family was with me. I did Walking Tall in Vancouver. It was summer vacation. The whole family's up there. When I did going, uh, <laughs> I did going to the mat in Utah, the family came out. It was my uh -huh. little brother's first time seeing snow. Like it was that aspect for us. And my parents did such a great job of ha handling both their son who was in the business and then the rest of their children who were still regular kids. Who you know, one brother had right. football practice, the other brother had basketball practice. My baby right. sister got to do ballet and dance. They handled it all. So I tip my hat to my parents, man. For real, like you're not just telling me this and I want to believe that this is This true. is all true. This is, it's the reason why I am the way I am today, which I think if we're going to keep it a buck, if we're going to keep it a buck, love, I think, it, I think <laughs> it's a, it's a double-sided sword. I feel because I didn't run the TMZ crash and burn Cleo Thomas child uh -huh. actor turn this route that my name just disappeared yeah. off the map to people. 
But the pro- I was never moving like. I didn't do Maxim. I know. Do you know how bad I wanted to pose in a bikini and get like and get, and get like I was the ultimate feminist like girl power like icon right like growing up Kim Possible right. Ren Stevens like all that stuff and all I wanted to do was degrade myself so that I could stay relevant because we didn't have social media to control the narrative in in that way and keep your name out yeah. there. It was that intense. Yes where you had to make that choice and thank God for your family to be around you like that, man. Thank God that they didn't feel like they needed to take that star shine from you, but that you could all be together as one enjoying that and not exploiting Mm -mm. it. You know what I mean? Yeah, they did a good job. That's amazing. That's uh, that's my journey. I know it's different for everyone else. Like I know I've, I've heard horror stories. I know how it is. We've seen it. We've seen it. Everyone that came before us. We yeah. see those, those yeah. traumas still being shown today in their eyes. We yeah. know that, so I, I got lucky. I'm gonna make you. I'm gonna make you need to call your mom after this interview. You're gonna be like, you I know called what? her right I before I got on. Mom. I called, talked to her right before I got talked to you. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll tell her I said hi, yes. and I think she's awesome. Yes, of course. That's really cool. All right, so where are we at now with your journey? Where do you feel like we've we've kind of come to? Man, I'm in a very great place creatively. Yeah, but like we didn't start talking about your gaming yeah. and like. And like, yes, YouTube, you saw Soldier Boy. Like we talked about you going independent, but we didn't talk about the gaming and we didn't talk about you leaving the, the, I guess not performing right now. You're gonna be done. Oh, performing music. Yeah, so music wise, we'll start there. Like, yeah, as soon as I got that feeling that I thought I needed as far as trying to replicate what I felt on Scream Tour, I was good. And I knew as the business of music slowly but surely started draining me to the point where I wasn't having any fun anymore. It was not fun. Okay. I every person I talked to, the politicking of it, the gatekeeping, the back shadows of hey, so and so, you can't sign it, and you see it now more than ever. And I was again, I, I I tell everybody this: I was two years too early. I was running my business as a as a musician, as an as an artist, like an independent, mm-hmm. like an independent guy. Mm-hmm. It took two years later for the music industry as a whole to reconfigure. And accept someone like me and then give them the door open. Okay, you get it. You understand your demographic. Boom, we're just going to put the jetpack on you and let you do your thing. It wasn't like that. Who was it that did that in the game? I'm not saying it wasn't Kanye, obviously. But like, I've, at least for me, I felt like Kanye was Kanye was independent, right? No, Kanye was, uh, Kanye was Def Jam. He wasn't? Kanye was Def Jam. He okay, was so forgive my ignorance on that, but... Who was it that you felt like did that then? From my run, from my era, I feel like there was an artist like Kid Ink. There was artists like who had a very big mixtape buzz at that time that kind of just just ran the race. I mean, the Drake thing was different. That, like that's, that's an unfair one because Drake was just different. When he hit, it was like everyone knew. Everybody knew. Like even yeah. on the outside of me, I knew he was out of here. Mm-hmm. So it, it was a few artists in that time who had their runs, but I don't I don't see those. Those guys still killing it. Now, mixtapes too, like that's, what are mixtapes about? I grew up, okay, I'm Italian, I'm from the East Coast, and believe it or not, even though I grew up in Connecticut, I grew up in the more Italian, sort of like middle class, like, you know, working people, Mm -hmm. and we loved our house music, we loved our freestyle dance music, we loved Hot 97, we loved reggaeton, we loved ballroom like it was a really eclectic interesting area because we were a melting pot in the tri-state area because i was just as close to new haven Mm -hmm. as a in bridgeport as i was to like fairfield and westport so like i was in this really interesting like kid to have hip-hop hit the suburbs at the time that it did because it was really hitting in all the different ways not just the top five ones right but I was listening, I grew up listening to Hot 97. So I was aware of what mixtapes were, wow. but I never really understood that mixtapes were a way to launch independent artists. Yeah. It was a way just to build a buzz for yourself, you know? Like, we would find music just from the radio and MTV and BET. That's the only way you knew of a new artist really coming out. Yeah. The internet changed all that. With LimeWire, with SoundCloud, with YouTube, you could now put your song out at any time. And don't have to, and you hear artists right now complaining about the labels not letting me drop my album, the labels not letting me drop my single. Like, that's still happening now. That's been happening for years, though. Again, it's, it was a way to just to build your buzz and get people to talk about you as an artist. You could, and back in the day, you could go online and find instrumentals for like the most popping songs, like the top five records. Mm-hmm. You pull an instrumental, recreate it your own way, and now people are listening to right. your version of that song mm-hmm. to the point where it actually happened to me that I actually 
without knowing helped blow up a Bay Area artist, and then he was out of here. And I was like, when they looked at the numbers, they were like, well, where, where did the traction come from? Oh, it was click. <laughs> it was me. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. Careful. People are going to say that you think that Katy Perry took your Man, stop. Let out. them have it, bro. Y'all have it. Y'all got it, man. Y'all got it. All right. So then what? You just decided at one point, you're like, the game is done for me. Like you said, yeah. you had the moment. Yeah. Was there a voice in your head that was just like, you're good. You're That's good. That's exactly what it was. Interesting. And I, I slowly but surely started getting into a place where I knew I would start interacting differently with the world. I knew it was going to change the dynamic of how I spoke to people, how I talked to people, because I wow. had led this entire time with being who I am. I'm leading. I'm coming as, as very humble into this room. I appreciate you having me here. Appreciate you having me here. And then it hit me. I'm like, oh, they want me to be the other guy. You would prefer me to be the arrogant guy just because I'm coming in here with all of these accolades already. I'm not the newer artist to you. I am the guy who did all these films and all that. So you want me to come in here like this? No, almost like you have to be. I was. They wanted. They like. I could feel that. That's the. If I would have walked in with that kind of energy, I kid you not, it'd have been a different game. But I. I know what also comes with that. Me walking in very arrogantly, especially within a rap world, that's not something I want to be looking over my shoulder with every day. I'm cool. Exactly. Y'all can have it. Exactly. Enjoy it. I'm out. You got to figure that gets a lot of young people in trouble in that world, yeah. like in the music world, because like they're just well-intentioned and they're doing exactly what you're saying. It's for the art and people use their brand against them in a yes. way. Yes. Because it sells records. It sells records. That's messed up. I wasn't rapping about, you know, a lifestyle I didn't live. I didn't grow up gangbanging and yeah. guns and street. I didn't go, yeah. no, it was none of that. I was making music that I loved. I was, the ladies like me, I'm making music for them. <laughs> But no matter what, <laughs> that attention's coming my way because he's, he's this. There's a jealousy factor of it. Like, oh, he think he's special because he do. Nah, I'm not about to play this game with y'all, bro. Y'all got it. Let me just yeah. I put it down. Wow. I got what I needed. I got what I wanted out of it. It helped me launch Slick Living because Slick Living was originally just my merch brand. Okay. And I was able to upgrade it from there, create it to a full clothing brand, which helped you know launch Glam, Goddess Living Amongst Men. So everything I wanted to get out of music, I got the world can have it. Now, wait a minute. So let's talk about where you're at now. Mm -hmm. I've read on my notes, because you know, I'm so prepared, that gaming was always there for you. Always. It was always around. Yes. So right after that, did you say, now I'm going to, now I'm going to go to gaming? Like, how did that happen? No, it was a very big break between me doing music and me really finding the platform like Twitch for gaming. I've been a gamer my entire, every film I've ever been on, there's been a video game right there with me. I can tell you during holes, yeah. I was playing Final Fantasy VII in Castlevania. During <laughs> Walking Tall, I was playing Final Fantasy X. During Remember the Days, I was playing Kingdom Hearts 2 and Fight Wait Night. a minute. You know I'm Yuffie, right? Yes, I know you're Yuffie. Believe me, I know. I wanted to bring it up later. Hold on. <laughs> All I'm saying is this. Nice. You're that guy. I'm that guy. He's got the Kingdom Hearts sword. He's got yeah, it. It's, it's and that it's beautiful. It's huge. Yes, it is. It's quite. It's huge. Yeah, it's, it's a little too much in the face. But, I um, shouldn't get too excited about that. Gaming has always been, been there. And right before the pandemic hit, I was sitting down with a network to have my very own late night talk show. I felt like we didn't have an Arsenio Hall of our generation. And I wanted to bring uh -huh. back that feeling. So I pitched the idea. The network loved it. We're getting ready to shoot the pilot. Second week of April 2020. Pandemic. Gone. Strict. Stop it. So Are you serious? Yes. So they called me about a week later, knowing that da, 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 they wanted to change it virtual. They wanted to take it to a virtual space. But in my mind, yeah. when I pictured my show, especially, you know, Arsenio Hall kind of vibe, I needed the live studio audience. Like that was a big you part need of that. It. So instead of launching with the network, I chose to sit down for the first two months of the pandemic and I studied Twitch. I studied it. I, I literally have a notebook still and I just watched it because this is a platform that had been here this entire time but no one's been able to explain to me how it worked every time I asked about it. So I studied it. I studied all the big streamers, the little streamers. I watched YouTube videos. And then in those two months, I led up to an actual launch date for my channel on Twitch and everything was perfected. I didn't launch just like, oh, we're just testing. No, I had the alerts ready. I had the bits ready. I had the banners ready. I had the layers. I bought myself a stream deck to be able to switch the transition. So it's my show. Everything that it was going to be for, uh, for my so talk cool. show. I controlled everything yeah. from here. 
So I turned my Twitch channel not only into the offshoot of the Arsenio Hall type vibe talk show, but also because it is a gaming platform, I'm going to play video games too. So it's been a great crossroads for everything that I love. That's so exciting. So obviously people can see you and I guess your show. Yes. On Twitch. The Cleo Thomas uh, just channel. Twitch.tv slash Cleo Thomas. Yep. Okay. But you're not branding it the Cleo Thomas show. It's just who you are mm -hmm. as a brand and as sort of a personality, yeah. it's so to speak. For sure. And it's helped me sharpen yeah. my tools so much that, you know, when the time comes and we can't sit back and have that conversation again with a network to have that late night talk show of a young black man, the Arsenio Hall kind of vibe of this, my tools have been sharpened due to me killing it on Twitch for three years. And I, I was, I'm very grateful for the platform because they saw I was doing something different. So they reached out to me and we've had a great partnership. We've done some really great things and I'm actually getting ready to partner with them again very soon with Pizza Hut. So I'm really excited for that. What? That's huge. Okay, so now we're at the point where you can actually tell me what you've got going on. That sounds amazing. We got the Pizza Hut and Twitch collaboration. Yes, I'm working with Pizza Hut on something really special. I'm a big Apex Legends fan. It's a video game, a battle royale, multiplayer game. Uh -huh. So I'll, I'll be doing a whole tournament with Pizza Hut live uh -huh. on the Twitch front page, partnering with Puma. Puma, I'm not going to say the other one yet because NBA. <laughs> you know, I'm the face of Astro Gaming headsets as well. You know, I got that, the opportunity to be the face of the Astro IDs for this year. So I have my own collection over there. And Dude. yeah, man, that's that. And that's, that's, that's where we at. Two takeaways from this. You listened to your, I don't know if you want to call it your higher power, but you listened. You knew that when you were in front of that many eyeballs, granted they were in person, but there was something to you that came alive in being sort of like a focal point on a stage. And, and that to you was where you wanted to go. Yeah. And you've come back to that, but on your own terms, which honestly, Cleo, that's, that's amazing. I feel like you are so inspirational Thank you. for me because you kind of made me reflect today about being a little bit jaded. And everybody likes to think that I'm like, you know, I'm centered, got it all together, but I'll be the first to tell you that I'm definitely still dealing with stuff, yes, you know? We all are. But it's it's really great to see how you've come full circle like this. Yeah. And I'm really, really proud of you. I'm proud of you, Cleo! That means a lot, <laughs> especially coming from you, man. And don't feel, don't feel oh, any type man. of way about your jadedness, man. People will never understand. They'll never understand. You got to think about it like this. How many people would chase their dream 365 days in a year, be told no, and then chase it again the next 365. Every day to get a new opportunity, right? Me and you, we had a new opportunity almost every day to chase our dream. And we were told no, we kept going, and then we got it. And guess what? The business doesn't always come back and give it to you over and over again. But yet, what do we do? Mm -hmm. We stuck it out, we grind it. They're not built like us. You, how many people would fold like origami? They would fold like a tanning chair, like like fresh laundry. Dang. They would fold, but yet we did it. So take pride in that. Be jaded by it. Embrace that. Oh, Cleo, you are my ultimate hype person, and I love you for love that. Her. And I can't wait to see you in person. Yes. To get that. This chain is coming from to you. you, man. This is coming. This is all oh, yours, man. man my course. kids. But by the way, Cleo, my kids are gonna love that. So I've got to hide it for my <laughs> kids because they're gonna want to wear it and bring it to school, and they're gonna be like, they're gonna flex on. Be like your daughters. Yes, my girls, my girls. Oh man. And now where are you at? Like are you do you think you want kids? If you had kids, do you think you'd put them in the business? Like how do you feel Ooh, about that? Um I I I I want kids. I just want to be with the yeah. right person. Absolutely. As a man in this business, that spotlight coming, that attention is coming. No matter what I do, yeah, I could yeah, hide yeah. from it, but it's coming. There's nothing that's going to change that. And I know that that's a mm -hmm. big pressure and weight to put on any woman who would choose to deal with me. But I can't, okay. I know I can't take away the things that make me very confident in myself just to make this okay. Yeah. I have an issue with words that start with a C in relationships. I realized that about two years ago. Commitment? No, it's, it's commitment. There's another one. What's the compromise? Commitment oh, and compromise. Good. Okay. <laughs> Communication? No, I can communicate quite well, but it, it, okay. it's the compromise. What's funny, I'll get back to it. It's like the word compromise, <laughs> it literally was never in my vocabulary. Okay. The word compromise. Because I never knew how. Because everything I've ever wanted, I went and I got. And I made it happen. Gotcha. So the word compromise and just getting this instead of... No. And that's separate from relationships. You know what I mean? So I didn't even know right. the word compromise. Mm. So yeah, you know, hopefully one day, you know, I meet the right woman. We can settle down. We can figure it out. And I can have me a little child running around here. That's cool with me. <laughs> but as far as putting them in the business or the industry, man, 
you know, it's something that I I would want to protect them no matter what. I'm gonna protect them no matter what. And I think that's every parent. You're protecting. My parents protected me. Like that's what it is. How you're gonna treat your two daughters, you're protecting your babies. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. But I feel like because of the new space that we're in, especially with entertainment, especially with the social media game, we can have way more control than what was out there before in our run. Yes. If you know my baby wanna be the head on YouTube, guess what? We shooting that from here. The deals come mm -hmm. through this email. The negotiating mm -hmm. coming here. Ain't nobody speaking for nobody. We got this because we can do that now. Exactly. It wasn't like that before. Right. Exactly. Good. Well, thank you. And honestly, Cleo, it's been it's been a joy to, to chat and to catch up. And I am sad that we didn't get to see you in person. But this is not the end. I think you and I, we could do things. I think we could like co-host things. Like I don't know, guys. What do you think? I think Cleo's amazing, and he needs his own show. Let's do it. But Let's do it. I'll be right by your side if you ever need a KP waiting in the wings. I'll be here for you. Let's do a UP, it. I'll a need KP. That. You know what? And maybe you could maybe you could teach me how to twitch. It's not hard. You're doing it now. You're doing it talking to me. <laughs> Come on. You play what okay. video game did you grow up playing? Did you play a Pac-Man? Did you play Galaga? You... Nah, man. I played Game Boy. Like I like the little Game Boy thing. Like I, I have to still learn how to play bigger ones and and actually my husband's really great at that stuff so but i think i could learn and if i do learn or if you ever need me i will try listen i will try for you, you. do it and i can i can build it all out right now for you. you got the kim possible animation that comes up and she kicks and then the name comes up so and so just followed every time someone subscribes to your channel ron will pull up that's all there but that's all a part of the aesthetic of what your channel is and what people are there to see for you Okay, we might have to talk offline We're gonna about talk that. About that it. sounds awesome. Thank you, Cleo Thomas. We love you, and we are excited to see what's what's coming up with you. Where can we find you, etc.? Uh, Cleo Thomas across the board. Make sure everything is streamlined. Like, I, I, it's funny that I have to tell people that as far as like getting into the yeah. industry, the business, and they're trying to create a name for themselves. They have like four different names on all social medias. I'm just like, what yeah. are you doing? What are yeah. you doing? At Cleo Thomas yeah. across the board. It took me a long time to get my TikTok one, but I got finally got it. So at Cleo Thomas. Good. And it's worth it. It's worth it to, to brand yourself and get your name the same on every single one. So that's you, Cleo Thomas, everywhere. Yeah. Okay. YouTube, Twitch, Instagram, where I DM you frequently, and Twitter, uh, TikTok. TikTok. It's all there. Awesome. Well, we love you, Cleo. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for today. Peace. Vulnerable is hosted by me, Christy Carlson Romano, produced by Elizabeth Joy Windham and executive produced by Brendan Rooney. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham and our video editor is Eduardo Gamba. Follow Vulnerable wherever you listen to podcasts so you can join me every week for a vulnerable conversation. And be sure to follow Vulnerable on Instagram and TikTok at The Vulnerable Podcast. And make sure to tune in to my YouTube to watch the video version.